Is that is that the reality of your life? Actually, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Have we spoken for more than five I keep minutes? I forgetting that I came to this church later than everyone else, so you guys didn't know me like growing up. Mm-hmm. She has uh, many things. There's gum over here. I don't know why, but the person who gave us snacks today also gave us gum. Where does stress come from? This is a book I've been reading. It's excellent. I'm taking a lot of the information from this book. Good catch, mostly. Um... So I, I owe a lot here to Wayne Mack, who's done a lot of the organizing here uh, for this, but I think this will still be very helpful. Um, all right, so before we get started, though, I want to talk a little bit about our terms. And uh, when I say stress, what do you think about? When I say stress, like what, what comes? High blood pressure. Okay, high blood pressure, got it. Worry. Worry. Um, what causes stress? Major changes in life. Unexpected. Unexpectedness? Distrust yeah. in circumstances. Yeah. Impatience. Impatience, right? Oh, yeah. Great answers. Um, <coughs> hang on. Let's see if I can get this to work here. When God or someone else changes my plan. Flexibility, right? Um, when you deal with life, life is a lot like, um, a bridge. Your life is a lot like a bridge. And the things that you place on your life, like weights or boxes, weigh down your bridge and create strain. Right? And these things push down. And there's two ways to handle stress. And I do this often when I counsel people. If people are like panicking, if they go through panic attacks and they have a really bad time dealing with stuff, I say, well, there's two ways you can handle this. If you were building a bridge and you had a lot of weight on it, what are the two ways of handling that so the bridge does not break? Build a better bridge. Build a better bridge. So in other words, give some support, right? Build a support that provides help. Or take off weight. <laughs> so sometimes people have too much weight on their life. <clears throat> Other times they're just not building up their bridge enough. So with that in mind, let's let's look at what the Bible promises. Um, the Bible promises we're going to have tribulation in this life. There's a verse here from John sixteen thirty three. <clears throat> Jesus says, "I've said these things to you." Well, actually, why not somebody else? Please not me. Read this verse for us. You can read that. Jake? I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, so even if we live a long time, or as we live a long time, we're going to experience tribulation, okay? This tribulation means that not everything's going to go the way you want it to go. Things will go, things will be challenging in life. Let me just break it to you gently that for most of you, your life has been pretty easy to this point. Uh, you've experienced hardships, most definitely. You've experienced challenges, most definitely. But as life, God, I think it's this way on purpose, as, a, as your child, most of those hardships are sheltered from you by your parents in the sense that they take the brunt of a lot of the pain. You may not feel that way. 
In fact, most of the time in our lives, we think that, that we've had it pretty bad. Uh, most people say, well, I've had, you know, until you, um, well, what, once, what, I think, I think in, in years, in a good, you know, 10, 15 years, you'll look back and say, wow, you know, I kind of wish I was back to college age, but things are mostly, <coughs> mostly carefree. Um, but anyway, that being said, you're going to have tribulation. Now, um, one of the reasons that tribulation takes us by surprise, let me ask you this, why do you think tribulations or, or difficulties take us by surprise? Like when bad things happen, does it surprise you? Like you couldn't find cold medicine today, or you couldn't find medicine for your mom. Was that, that surprise you? No. Didn't surprise you? Yeah, but weren't you expecting to find it? No. You weren't expecting to find it, so you just went knowing that it wasn't going to be there? I mean, a little bit deep down inside, you kind of thought, well, somebody's got to have this. If I go to enough places, I'll find it. I'm pretty sure they're sold out everywhere, but we someone have it. Yeah, I don't know how you're thinking, but in my shoes, I would think, well, somebody's got to have this. I mean, they're stores, right? What's their job? Their job is to have this stuff. And they go in there, they don't have it. Like, what's the deal? I expect them to have this. I kind of think that because we live in an age where everything is instant and it's very easy, in general, we're surprised when things don't work. We're not surprised when things work. Like if your phone turns on, you know, you're like, oh, you, you totally expected it to. But if your phone doesn't turn on, you get angry. You get stressed out, right? Because it's not working. And our culture where we're so used to, um, I mean, think about all the cultural conveniences we have. We have air conditioning, easy access to food. Jermel was like, I'm thinking of going to get some food. I'm going to go downstairs and get some Chick-fil-A. And he goes, excuse me, goes downstairs, doesn't have to cook anything, doesn't have to hunt anything, doesn't have to gather anything. Doesn't have to go to the well. He goes and gets himself a Chick Fil A sandwich, French fries, hot, and a red drink, and just enjoys it in his own. I mean, that's amazing for relatively cheap, right? I mean, it's amazing when you think about our culture right now. <clears throat> Easy access to food. We have relative safety, and nobody here is armed. Nobody has a sword on them or a gun. In years past, everyone would have some sort of weapon, at least a little knife or something. But you never knew when some random person was going to come and try to kill you. But we have relative safety here. Um, so we're used to assuming that life is supposed to be full of comfort and joy. So when pressure comes, I think sometimes we're not fitted to handle the pressure. So like our illustration of the bridge earlier, you've gotten used to not having to have a strong bridge. Like men in our culture are weaker than they were 300 years ago. If you look at pictures and you look at stats or people, what people have accumulated, what men in the old days used to be able to do where they would be much stronger because most of the work was manual labor. But today, I don't have to walk to work. I get in my car, and I drive to work. So my muscles aren't as developed as someone my age, 200, 300 years ago, who would have had to walk a lot. Okay? Recognize that our feet are different, too. People talk about that with shoes. Shoes make our feet uh, more sensitive. People in other cultures, in Africa, whatever, who don't wear a lot of shoes or in the islands and all these different places, they, they, their feet are tougher. They can handle things. They don't get the same problems we have in some ways because uh, they, so basically what I'm saying is, is we have it easy. <laughs> but it, we should expect tribulation. A couple of verses here. Life is full of trials. Uh, Psalm 90 says the years of our life are 70 or by reason strength 80. Yet their span is but what? Toil and trouble. They are soon gone, we fly away. Man is born in trouble as the sparks fly upwards. That's Job chapter 5, verse 7. So here's the real question, okay? And this is a blank you can fill in. The real question is this. 
How can we overcome the stresses of life before they overcome us? Okay? How can we overcome before they overcome us? And we're going to talk about what some of these stresses are, all right? So what are some of the, uh, the sources of our, we're going to call them stressors or things that cause stress? And this is where I asked you guys earlier, and some of y'all had some great answers. We're going to deal with these here. Uh, James 1, 2 says, who can read that? Jamel, you want to read it for us? That's okay. Okay, can you meet these trials with joy? The Bible tells us to. Let's talk about them. What are they? First, environment or circumstances in life. Can you give me an example of something that is an environment or circumstance in your life that can cause stress? Okay, like what do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that might cause. I tend to think of these things as being things beyond uh, your control. Like a I have here a wildfire, hurricanes, car wreck, traffic, flat tire, leaky roof. Um, things beyond your control. Um, my wife's uh, grandfather passed away last week. <coughs> he was 93. Um, you know, it was completely expected. Uh, but that can create some stress when something like that, I didn't control that. I didn't cause that to happen. That happened without, but it affects me. Things happen that affect you that you didn't do. Or you be minding your own business and somebody else bothers you or somebody else messes with you. That can cause stress. Okay. No control. Control is the main issue. If we have no control, that can cause stress. Here's another one. Our own limitations or deficiencies. Um, I think this is especially true for college students. This can be a, a source of stress because you're taking tests all the time. And what happens on a test? You get a grade. And what does a grade tell you? It measures your worth in that class. What did you say? How not smart you are. How not smart you are compared to other people. It's always kind of embarrassing when you're getting your grades and you didn't do well. I mean, it's awesome when you do well because you're like, you're proud of yourself. And you like have no problems. Somebody's like, how'd you do? You're like, ah, 97. You know, you feel good about yourself. But when you get like a 62 or a 47. It's really bad when they like graph out the numbers. <coughs> like, so most people scored a 90, but one person scored a 70. And you're like. You're the person. <laughs> yeah, I one time had a teacher. Uh, we had to do an abstract in the class I was doing. An abstract is when you take a, uh, an article and you basically pull it down. And I didn't understand what I was doing. And so instead of writing an abstract, I wrote a critical analysis of what his paper was. So it was a wrong, it was totally wrong format. And he, um, he read my paper in front of everyone and ridiculed it in front of the entire class. That was very embarrassing. I felt limited and deficient. It created a great deal of stress in my life in that moment. Um, you might ask the questions. I put this on your sheet there. You might ask questions. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I be successful or productive as other people are? What's the problem here is that you... If this is uh, about control or lack of control, this is about comparing. Because whenever you say something like, um, I'm not as smart 
as someone, or you, you ever you compare yourself with someone, that's where that stress comes from. There's no stress if there's no comparison. Right? Um, and we'll get to how to handle these in a little bit. Let's keep going, because I think the important thing is here to identify where these stressors are coming from. Sometimes we feel stressful, we feel stressed out, and we don't know why. Um, how about this one? Other people. Three words. Roommates, 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 right? Siblings, siblings, siblings. Parents, parents. <laughs> In your case, yeah. <coughs> um, so people cause stress because of expectations. And the word here that I'm going to kind of uh, focus on is unity. The biblical goal is unity among people. And sometimes we don't have unity with other people um, because it takes work. In fact, what the Bible tells us is, um, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God or children of God. What, what, what is that from? What section? Does that, make sense? Does that ring a bell? Yes, the Beatitudes. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. If you make peace with other people, God blesses you for that. One of the things we also have to do is, uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, we should be eager to maintain the what? The unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is a, a, um, a work that is involved with getting along with other people. So let's keep going. I think this will make a little more sense as we go into it. Typical responses. How do you respond to when stress piles on? First, you've got to be alert. The reason we're going to discuss the wrong ways of handling these stressors is because by identifying these wrong ways, it's going to help us avoid doing this in the future. You've got to see it first. We're not going to be deceived into thinking these are appropriate ways of handling. So watch and pray that you be not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, <coughs> but the flesh is weak. It's very easy to, uh, to miss this. All right. Here's the first way we often are wrongfully responding, and that is this. And we talked about this just a second ago. Debilitating fear or anxiety. What are some fears that are persistent and you're comfortable sharing with others here? What are some pers persistent fears that you have? Maybe a stress causes a fear. I'll give you an example. You're... Stress, let's look at the list of stresses that we had here. Let's say that your environment, your circumstance is causing stress. Let's say um, all of a sudden, like this morning, I'll tell you what happened this morning. I was getting ready for work this morning. In fact, there's a reason I have a bandage on my thumb is I, um, I couldn't get the hot water on my sink. I have an old sink. We're going to redo our bathroom soon. And it says old vanity. And, um, and I finished shaving. And I was cleaning up, and I went to turn the water on again, and it wouldn't work. And then finally it turned on, and then I tried to turn it off, and the hot water wouldn't turn off. It was dripping a little bit, and something's wrong with the valve. I was like, oh, man. So I go under the sink, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just turn off the hot water at the, at the valve, at the turn-off, shut-off valve. Well, it's a really old shut-off valve. So as I do that, it goes, and hot water sprays out and burns my thumb. So I have a blister, a big blister right here from... Look at that. Isn't that nasty? From hot water, scalding hot water, from straight from a hot water heater, burning my thumb. And so now it's 7-something in the morning. I'm trying to get ready for work. I have a sink slash valve that's not working. If I turn the valve off, 
Water's dripping everywhere. If I turn the valve on, it's fine. I'll leave it on. But then water's dripping through the sink. So you see, this is outside circumstance. I have stress now. And I could, I could start having fear. Okay, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to have time to fix this? And now, now I'm going to have a racked up... Now I'm going to be spending money because I have a water bill. It's going to be incredibly high. Unless I turn the water off at the road, then my kids can't use their... Can't take a bath. I can't do that. Like, how am I going to do this? I could start freaking out. Right? Fortunately, I didn't have to. I, I jiggled the thing enough that it turned off. That it turned off. But um, fear is, is dangerous. Uh, fear is one of the things that motivates you more than you know. Fear motivates you more than you realize. In fact, some people get education because they're scared of having a bad job and ending up poor. Other people have... Um, um, some of you, that's why you're in college. Um... We were talking earlier about food. And I was talking about, I, I used to be terrified of being grossly overweight. I knew people who were enormous. And it scared me. I was like, I, I just, I, it looks so uncomfortable to me. And so I was, I was fearful and I chose to, to behave in certain ways. That is, exercise, eat healthy. Not based because I wanted to be healthy or wanted to look good. It was because I was actually scared of getting fat. Okay? I was scared I, w- I would... I don't know exactly why, but I think it was, it was, that was part of the reason. Fears, anxieties actually are a, are a key response to stresses in our lives. When stress comes, often fear becomes our response. So when you're experiencing fear, recognize that, okay? Um, we're just going to work through all these and we'll go back and deal with each one. Worry or anxiety, I don't know why I have anxiety twice, but that's basically it. Bitterness, anger, resentment. When you have, why does this always happen to me? Why? Why did I have to buy this stupid house that has the has the thing has the has the faucet doesn't work? Why? Why? Why didn't my wife already find this problem and fix it for me? <laughs> um, depression. You know, oh, I'm so discouraged. I'll never be able to have a a house that doesn't blow up in my face with hot water. You know. Why can't I have a house that works right? Envy, jealousy. We'll come back to them all. Just like, Irritability and patience start shouting at people, yelling at people, being annoyed. Or pretending like it's not a problem. Denial. Okay. Let's talk about fear first. Are there any questions on these on this list? We're going to go through one at a time and just talk through all these responses and see how these show themselves what the Bible has to say about each one of these. Is that depressing? A little bit? Not too bad? It's in yeah, I mean, you start breaking it down, and I can see how you could respond to each one of these in any kind of stressful situation. Okay, and we're not going to do that too much, because we'll have plenty of chance to do that. Um, I think these verses on fear are very, very, very important. <clears throat> what does the fear of man do? What does it do? According to Proverbs 29-25. It lays a snare. What's a snare? You don't know what a snare is, right? It's a trap, right? So the fear of man is a trap. What what does a fear of man look like in your life? If you're if you're fearful of people, do you know what that looks like? No, 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 no. This is more talking about like doing things because of what people will think. This is, when I deal with college students, and I've counseled a lot of college students one-on-one, this is something that is 
probably the number one issue when you boil it down. It gets to this. Yeah, you call it that. You can call it peer pressure. Um, it, but it's it's not just that. Because some people's peer pressure, some people peer pressure doesn't bother them. It's not about peer pressure. It's about a persona that they've invented, that they don't care. And they do things because of how other people respond to them. And it becomes, I do things because I, and you say, I see fear of man. It's more like a respecter of men and more like a, I'm, I'm concerned about what they think about me. You're thinking everything you do is based around the thought of how will this, how will this be perceived by these people? So you're going out the door and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I can't wear that. Not here. They'll make fun of me. Or you, uh, anyway, there's a lot of different ways this can go. But this is really, uh, really powerful stuff. What's the opposite of fear? If I just ask you, what's the opposite of fear? Not fear. Not fear, which is? Would you say courage? Is that fair? What? What does it say on the paper? It's not courage, no. The opposite of fear is? It's a blank, right? Is there a blank there? It is a blank. The opposite of fear is love. And this is what's this is what this is what's powerful about this. I want y'all to just think about this for a second. When stress comes and you start fearing, um, what causes you, let's say there's a wildfire and you fear for your home safety, what causes you to do the the dangerous thing and rescue someone out of that house? It's not courage. Courage is is fine. It's love. Love for that person. Love for that thing. Um, love is what motivates. Love is what the Bible tells us. Perfect love casts out fear. If you have, if you have total love, you have no fear. And this is this is really revealing. If you start thinking about it, part of the I mean, this is kind of hinting at part of the solution for dealing with stress properly is understanding that. Fear is dealing with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. This is not talking about godly fear, like the fear of the Lord. This is talking about being afraid. So, no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. <coughs> There's no room <coughs> excuse me, for fear and love to exist side by side. The opposite of fear is love. Because um, love conquers fear. And there's no reason to respond... Uh, with fear, because we have this truth. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The Bible tells us this famous verse. In fact, if you were to, let's just say, if you were to um, have a problem with fear, here's what I'd do. I'd, I'd list these, these verses right here. Proverbs 18.10, Isaiah 41.10, and 1 John 4.18-19. And I'd say, memorize these verses. When you're afraid, quote yourself Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What does God tell you in Isaiah 41.10 that is supposed to dispel your fear? What is he saying to you? Right, so the, the answer to fear or the solution is um, God's presence. 
<coughs> he's not saying look within yourself. He's not saying, you know, man up and be strong. He's saying, don't be afraid because I'm there with you. Know my presence is there. And, and we don't feel God's presence, and then we, that's why we're afraid. We don't trust God's presence. That's why we're afraid. We don't love God enough. That's why we're afraid. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's like a, like a place you can go and be safe in. Uh, and then, of course, the verse I just read for you, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. That's First John 4.19. Okay, let's keep going. Any questions on this so far? Starting to make a little sense. <coughs> Thirdly, worry. What is worry? Worry is focusing on what may happen if something does or doesn't occur. Are you guys worriers? Yes. You're a worrier? Yeah. All right, give me an example of what's something you could be as honest as you want to be. What's something that, like, you worry about? What's something you're worried about today? What's something you're worried about, like, uh, before you came to Cross Impact? Um, my car is going to get towed because I did not park in student parking because I don't want students to Ooh. You're, you're, you're worried that your car is going to get towed. So it's something that may or may not happen. Will it happen? We don't know. I don't know. So it bothers you. Okay. What's, what's that? Why are we talking about this now? <laughs> See, you're getting agitated. You're getting stressed out. You're getting worried. And the stress is coming. Right? Now let's look back at the stresses and see what is the cause of the stress. The stress was not environment or circumstances. I think my Maybe. Was a it was other people. <laughs> Me, bringing it up. Um, uh, so, our own, maybe that was your own, that was your own deficiency in, in disobeying the traffic laws, right? Not getting a ticket. Uh, see, you mentioned you didn't get a sticker like you were supposed to get. So you're nervous about being seen without a sticker. They're really expensive. Yeah, but you're supposed to have one. They're expensive. I can't afford that. I'm kind of paying for school. Yeah, ooh. So we're not going to talk about that anymore because you're breaking the law. Or the rule. We're just going to keep going because we're talking about worry and worry. See, worry comes from comes from that uncertainty of will I get caught, will I not get caught, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> if you have, uh, the Bible tells us, I'm not, I'm not confronting you here. The Bible tells us that the righteous are as bold as a lion. And when you're, no, this is serious. Like my wife and I had these discussions when, when, uh, when she had dated a guy in the past, uh, she saw him in the store one time and was like hiding behind me, trying to avoid making eye contact with this random guy who she used to date. And I was like, "Why are you? Why are you scared of this? Like, why? Why don't?" She's like, "Cause it's weird. Cause we, you know, we used to date." And I was like, "Do you have anything to be afraid of?" She's like, "Well, not really." I said, "Don't be, don't be scared. If you have nothing to be ashamed of," she's like, "Okay, I got that." But if you have nothing to be ashamed of, if, you, if you've done nothing wrong, when the police stop you and you did nothing wrong, just talk to them. Be, I mean, be, be respectful. <laughs> yes, sir, no, sir. <laughs> but but if, if you've done nothing wrong, you, you likely will be fine. It's the same when it goes to, uh, I've talked to, uh, whenever you're talking with an uh, authority figure, that's the case. But worry, when you worry is when, you know, worry is focusing on what may or may happen if something doesn't occur and that's um, and worrying is actually sinful. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. Why is it sinful? <coughs> okay, what about worry? Is God giving us the spirit of worry? God's in control. Yeah, what well, worry is worry is saying that by enough mental energy I can control what happens. 
I can like psych- psychically like zone in over there and make sure they don't see my car. Right. The Bible tells us this. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will be anxious for itself. That's a funny way of saying it. He's like, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. When tomorrow comes, tomorrow will come. Sufficient for its own day for the day is a trouble is its own trouble. Sorry, I had a hard time reading that. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Does anybody know what that means? It's kind of a funny. This is Jesus talking here in Matthew six. What's the point he's making? It's not a super deep point, like super bizarre point. It's pretty straightforward, but it, the way it's worded is interesting. It might be a little confusing. Jake, you want to give it a shot? No, because I'm confused. You're confused. Yeah. Yeah, so God's given you enough grace to handle today. And if you try to handle tomorrow's trouble, can you do anything about tomorrow? I mean, you can prepare for tomorrow, but can you actually solve tomorrow's problems today? <laughs> you can try. You can try, and you can prepare. There's nothing wrong with preparing, but, but worrying about tomorrow. You can, there, tomorrow will come when tomorrow comes, and there's enough going on tomorrow, so you deal with today. And you know what happens a lot of times, and I, I've said this many times here, and I, I'll keep saying it until everybody stops doing this. But people, what they do is, here's what, here's what God has given you to handle. That's your job. This right here, this, I'm going to just make it colored in. This is your responsibility circle. God said, Jermel, that's your job. That's your life. Right there. That's what I want you to do. All right? And, and, and outside here are things you can be concerned about, but they are not your job. I like to do this with politics because that's a big one people like to do. Okay? You know what? Politics is interesting. <coughs> but President Trump doesn't care what I think about a State of the Union speech. I could go on Facebook and I could just type up a storm of a lot of thoughts about what he's going to say tonight for a State of the Union speech. Do you think he cares? Do you think anybody cares? No. I'm concerned about this, but it's not my responsibility. Okay? I could be. Let me put it this way. I'm not actually concerned right now. I could be concerned. I could be concerned about a lot of things, but not my job. What's my job? That. You know what happens? Is people worry about this all the time. Man, Trump's just destroying our country. Man, Obama's going to send us off the edge. Man, this Supreme Court's crazy. Man, uh... And meanwhile, God has given you certain things to do, and have you, are you doing them? Are you leading your family? Are you having your devotions? Are you praying? Are you walking with God? Are you repenting of sin? Are you doing what's right? There are things that God has given us that's our job. And there are things that God has given us that, are, or that we have access to, that we have information about, that are not our job. And when we, and this is kind of what he's saying, is like, this is today, this is tomorrow. Tomorrow will come, and it will become today. And when it becomes today, that's when you can deal with it. That's when you can worry about it. So don't worry about where you're going to park tomorrow. Or don't worry about things that are outside what God has given you uh, grace for. Because guess what? God has given you grace to deal with this. Has God given you enough grace to deal with all this? I don't think so. I think God has given you exactly what you need. And when you we try to deal with things that are outside his plan, outside his plan for you, outside your role of responsibility, I think you're, you're using your own strength, and that's dangerous.
Any questions on that? Does that make sense? That's really good. I like that. That makes sense. You see that happening in your life? I know that happens in mine. You get tied up in things that don't matter. Sports. Sports. Yeah. yeah. Get all wrapped up in whether Louisville wins. Yeah. Well, right now, there's a whole, whole uh, Patriots bandwagon thing going on. Oh, yeah? Are you a Patriots fan? No. But you hate the Patriots fans. I hate the bandwagons. Well, okay. I shouldn't say hate. It just makes me angry. Why? What? Because well, they're bandwagons. They have no loyalty. They're so? using laziness. But I, I mean, no, I'm just... That, but, but I'm saying, okay, let's just take this. I'm not going to pick on you personally. Yeah, I'm just saying, think about it. Does that... Does it, does it really matter? No, it, it, really it doesn't, doesn't no, right? It doesn't matter who wins the Super Bowl. Or, yeah. Does it affect your life tomorrow? No. Yeah, I would agree. Like, think about it. Okay, all people get all wrapped up in the presidential stuff. Like, who's going to be president? It's such a huge deal. Has your life really changed that much? You have to deal with people talking about it. Okay, that's about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about what's, what's, what, what God has given you responsibility for. I'm not saying you shouldn't be involved in... And things beyond your own little bubble. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what happens if you have that under control, by all means. But I've talked to many people who are really big into like conspiracy theories. They're like, the government's putting fluoride in my water. And, and the, I have not. I did not know she was one of those people. <laughs> but there are some people who do that. They'll be like, chemtrails. Yes. And, and GMOs and all that stuff. And it's like the government's poisoning us and making us into robots. And don't get your flu shot because you're turned into a, into a zombie and all this kind of stuff. And um, whatever. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you ask, you're like, so, so how is your personal like, finance? Or how's your, you, know, you got anything under control? They don't know what bills are paid, what bills aren't paid. They don't know what's, when ends up, when ends down. They haven't done laundry in three weeks. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Because the chemtrails are most important. You know, no, God has given you this. So if we focus on what's important, the rest will take care of itself. Let's do like one more and then we'll, we'll break. And that is um, this, this wonderful passage. If you have your Bible, I'm going to turn there for uh, Philippians 4. Uh, I encourage you to bring your Bible because I think it's important at a Bible study. If you don't have it, uh, your, your phone probably on a Bible app will work just as fine. In Philippians 4, he says this, uh, don't be anxious about anything. What do you think that means? Don't be anxious about anything. About anything. You're like, but wait, 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 I could be anxious about like what I'm eating. No. And that's like inception. We're not going to go there. You don't want to be anxious. That's something, right? Don't be anxious about anything. How do you deal with anxiousness? In everything, I like to mark off our prepositional phrases here. <coughs> Excuse me. In everything, so at all times, by prayer and supplication, this is how you do it. That's your mode. With Thanksgiving, that's your manner. That's your that's your attitude. What are you supposed to do? Let your request be made known to God. Pray. Prayer is the way to get out of anxiety. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, beyond your understanding, you won't get it. You won't understand how it works. It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Struggle with worry when stress comes? 
take it to Christ immediately. Does that make sense? So how does that look? You see a chemtrail. <coughs> you start getting a little... Uh, My mom thinks she's got sick because of the UFOs. Really? Okay. We can talk later if you want. <laughs> but the... Uh, but you know, the... Maybe it's not a conspiracy theory. Maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe you just get really worried about your, you have a you know a test coming up. Is that is that wrong? Well, you should be concerned about it. Okay, good. Because if you don't, then you won't prepare for it. Okay, so let's talk about this, and let's end with this. Let's go back to our here's your circle of responsibility. And here's the box of things outside of your responsibility. You have a test coming up on Thursday. Today's Tuesday. Okay? Are you worried about that test? You should not be because worrying is sin. Okay? Shut down. Don't worry. What should you be? You should be concerned about that test, aware of that test, because the test, taking the test is not in your bubble. It's not in your current but well, what is in there right now? Studying and preparing. That's right. Okay. To study for the test is right there. That's what that X means. God has said part of your responsibility in being a college is to prepare and to succeed. Okay? You're not going to spend a bunch of money and fail. God says it, that you need to be responsible with what, what he's given you. So, if you're part of your responsibility, your God-given responsibility is to take a test on Friday or Thursday, and it's Tuesday, and you need to be studying, that's in your realm of but what do you do? You spend time on Facebook talking about State of the Union. You research the, uh, I don't know, back masking in music in the 1970s or, you know, crazy conspiracy theories about the moon landing. Apollo 13, you know, whatever. Apollo 11, sorry. Apollo 13 was one that failed. That's your responsibility right here in the middle. You see, you see what I'm saying? Your responsibility. And if, if this is your concern, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you should be shocked at how this helps with your worry. If you're, being, if you're focusing on what matters. So, um, give it up to the Lord. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Pray. Let your request be made known to God, and God's peace will come upon you, and you beyond your understanding, and it will guard your hearts and minds. Do what you're supposed to do. Uh, if that means study. Study. But don't worry. Don't sit up and say, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I might go in there and I might just freak out. Well, if you freak out, you freak out. You're not there yet. So how do you know you're going to freak out? Prepare so you don't freak out. If you freak out, you'll be all right. Okay. Is that any questions at this point? Does that kind of make sense? We're talking about dealing with stress of the, the Bible way, the right way. Um, helpful? Not helpful? Sort of. Kind of. Okay. Well, let's hope it's helpful. I hope it's helpful to you. It's, it's helpful to me. I find this stuff like, wow, sometimes the light just comes on. It's like, man, this is awesome. So um, we're going to finish. Keep your sheet if you don't mind. Uh, I can, I'll can. i bring more next time if you forget. But we're going to uh, end right there and uh, deal with the rest of that next time.